Welcome to Emotionally Healthy Legacy. My name is Elizabeth and I am a mom of three boys. My goal here is to educate you intentional ways that you can become an emotionally healthy mom. Ways that you can break destructive patterns that have been happening for years and how you can leave an emotionally healthy legacy with your children. Hello, hello. Welcome back, ladies. In today's podcast, I want to touch on the subject of talking about anger and sin. And maybe you've heard of this verse before. I'm sure you have. If you're a believer, it's in Ephesians 4.26. It says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. And I have some thoughts on this verse and how people typically understand it and how people would often give this verse as advice for weddings. So let's talk about it. So today is going to be more like a general um, anger and sin, not so much in relation to parenting specifically, but maybe even in relation to your um, marriage and you know, and it can work for your parenting as well. So the verse we're going to talk about is Ephesians 4.26. And I'll repeat it again. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. How do most of us understand this verse? I think most of us were taught um, if you grew up in a conservative community, I grew up in a Russian conservative community, it was taught that you have to resolve whatever the issue is before you go to sleep. So if you have a conflict with your husband, if one of you is angry or upset about something, it has to be resolved before, before you go to bed. Otherwise, you're sinning. Otherwise, you're not, you know, doing what the Bible is saying. My question is, think about this. How well do those conversations go when it's midnight, you're both exhausted and tired, you're both emotionally charged and triggered, maybe one of you, if not both of you, are super angry? What happens? What happens? We in that moment, say a lot of hurtful things that we regret later. And the reason is, if you have listened to previous episodes about the emotional and survival brain, when we are angry, when we are frustrated, when we're overwhelmed, when we are stressed, when we're bitter and resentful, we are in our emotional part of our brain. And the emotional part of the brain shuts off the logical part of the brain. That helps us make logical, helpful choices that are helpful and not hurtful. And what happens is that we end up saying a lot of things that are destructive for the relationship. I know for sure this has happened between my husband and I in earlier you know, years of our marriage where we would try to resolve an issue before bedtime because we're like, well, we can't just go to sleep. We have to resolve it. And it's late and we're both tired and we're both frustrated and upset. And then we end up saying things that are hurtful to the other person that you cannot take back. You cannot undo those things. So what does that verse really mean? I have heard this definition years ago. 
and focus on the family. And to me, that really stood out. And I think this is how I see the verse as well, which that means is be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. It doesn't mean literally you have to resolve the issue today because sometimes there are moments where you can't. There's, you know, schedule conflict or whatever. You can't resolve it that same day. Or you're really emotionally charged and really tense and it's not a good idea to even resolve it in that moment because we're so emotionally charged and flooded with negative emotions. How I understand the verse, it means the issue needs to be resolved. Don't shove the issue under the rug because, yes, that gives opportunity for devil to breed negative emotions and destroy your relationship between you and your kids or you and your spouse or other people. But I really understand that it's not shoving the issue under the rug. Like, it still needs to be addressed. But I don't think it's wise to address it in the moment when people are very emotionally charged. It's not wise because we end up saying things that are hurtful and are destructive and we can't take back and things that we don't even really mean because we're so upset in the moment. There's other verses in the Bible, like if your eye is causing you to sin, you know, get rid of it. If your hand is causing you to sin, cut it off. That's not literal. You don't actually literally do that. So I think it also applies to this verse from my perspective. It's not literally means, you know, you have to resolve the issue. I think a wise a perspective from it would be like, okay, we have this problem. I'm really frustrated. I'm really angry about it. I need to think about it. I need to figure out my feelings. I need to take a break so I don't say things that I don't mean that are hurtful. And let's talk about this tomorrow or the day after if like, you know, you have a certain schedule conflict or situation. Why? Because many times when we sleep on it and we actually get rest and wake up with a fresh mind, like we're able to think a lot more clearly and make rational choices and rational decisions. I want to give you an example. This was like a while back. My husband and I were, you know, we had a conflict and a disagreement and um, I wanted to talk about it, but my husband said, I need to figure out what I think about it. Let's talk about it later. And I have always been that person that it's an, that is an external processor. He is an internal processor. He has to sit there and think about it. <laughs> himself to figure out what he thinks. I figure out what I think as I'm talking about it. And I wanted to resolve the issue. And he's like, I'm not ready to talk about it. And then the next day we were driving to a cabin trip with my family. And it was like an, you know, an hour and a half drive or something. So it wasn't, it was like a perfect time to talk. And I'm like, let's talk about this now because I don't want to have tension when we get there you know, let's resolve this issue. He's like, I'm still not ready to talk about it. I'm like, you had a full day to think about it. Let's resolve this issue. He's like, it's not that I'm against talking about it. I'm just not ready to talk about it because I don't know what I think yet. I don't know what I feel. And I kept pushing it. And he's like, Elizabeth, you are not respecting my boundary. 
And then I was kind of taken aback by that because he was right. It's not that he didn't want to talk about this at all. He was just not ready to talk about it. And my husband actually has done this really, really well over the years. When things got really tense, when things got really overwhelming, he would tell me, he's like, I don't want to say something I don't mean, so I'm going to end this conversation and we'll come back to it later. And the wise thing to do is to, you know, kind of give a timeline in the next day or two. So then you kind of know it's still on the table versus like, oh, we'll talk about it someday. But this is what I have found that in our marriage, there's usually two type of people Internal processor and external processor. External wants to just talk about it right away in the situation. And that's all right. And maybe you can. But if your spouse is an internal processor, you might need to give them some space to figure out what they think and what they feel. Same thing goes with our kids. I feel like men typically, or the male (laughs) people, typically are internal processors in general. And so they need to kind of sit there and think about what they think and even feel about the situation before they can actually say what it is. And I have found that I need to respect that for my husband. I need to give him that space and respect that. What is important for me is to know that this issue will be addressed and we will talk about it. We're not going to just shove it under the rug. So if you disagree with me, that's fine. That's great. If you've been trying to resolve issues with your spouse late at night and it's been working out for you and you guys don't say mean and hurtful things, then, you know, do it. Do it your way, the way you've been doing it, if it's working for you. I have found that for us in our relationship, it does not work well. I believe that Sometimes people need to take some space from one another, take a break, walk away, do some breathing, do some um, maybe physical activity to get that anger and frustration out, and then come back later and address the issue when you're not so emotionally flooded, emotionally charged, and you can think rationally and clearly and logically to resolve the issue. Same thing goes with our kids. When when we do this with our spouses, when we communicate that, for example, if there's tension and say, and sometimes my husband's like, well, tell me what's going on. I said, I still need to think about it and figure out what I feel because I don't want to say something that I don't mean right now. And I have learned that about myself too. And he's like, no, I still want to know. I'm like, okay, well, then I warned you ahead of time because I might say it in a way that might be hurtful to you. And I warn him, you know, before I say that. But when it comes to my kids, I have told my kids before, I'm like, I need to take a break. Please go upstairs. I'm really upset right now with what happened. And I'm afraid to say something mean and hurtful. And I don't want to do that. So I need you to go upstairs and stay in your room for a while until I cool off and come and talk to you. When I do that, what does that model to our kids? It models to uh, to them that 
It's okay to take some space for yourself when you're feeling overwhelmed and flooded and emotional and it's better to do that than end up saying hurtful things in the moment. I mean, think about yourself and your relationships with your kids, with your spouse. How many times have you said hurtful, mean, rude, disrespectful things in the moment when you're so overwhelmed, frustrated, or angry? probably many times and I have too when do we actually end up sinning we end up sinning when we say hurtful things when we are emotional and angry it's not a sin to have that emotion it can be sin and turn into sin how you handle it in the moment by saying mean, rude, hurtful things that are destructive for your relationship with the people around you. That's the sinful part. That's what the Bible talks about when it says, be angry and do not sin. The best thing you can do is take some space and go cool off and then come back. And I have too. The thing is, is if we learn better and we know better, we can do better next time. And I have learned over the years that this is not something that has been working out beneficially for my relationships. And if I want a better relationship with my kids, with my spouse, I have to learn to manage my emotions better and to model how to handle them. By doing that, I'm modeling to my kids that it's okay to take some space and you should take some space instead of saying mean and rude things. There are a few verses I want to mention, also in Ephesians 4, 29 and 31. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger, clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as Christ have forgiven you. So I looked up the definition of a couple of these terms. Corruptive talk means stop evil speech. And then bitterness comes from the heart that is not right before God and leads to others' sins. Malice means desire to cause pain and distress to another person. Clamor means shouting with intense feelings. So the Bible tells us not to do those things. Well, I think... How do we do it practically in real life when we feel those emotions? Because we cannot really control what emotions come to us. We can control what we do with those emotions. It's out of our control what feeling comes to us in a certain situation. We can change our mindset and do internal self-talk to help ourselves get out of that feeling. We can pray for God to help us let go of that feeling, but we can't control what feeling comes to us in a certain situation. But it is in our control what we do with that feeling. And taking some space for yourself to calm your nervous system down, to just calm down and not say those hurtful, bitter things that are destructive, I have found more often than not, it requires us to take some space to calm down so then we can come back and be rational and not come across with malice or corruptive talk 
or bitter attitude or a frustrating tone because that's negative energy. And when you come with that energy, it's very easy for the other person to get sucked into it and then it creates a cycle. Same thing when it comes to our kids. Same thing. If we talk to them with an attitude, with frustration, with a bitter tone, they feel that. They may not say it, but I have noticed for myself when I'm overwhelmed and frustrated, when in the evenings, if I'm so worn out, I notice it comes out in my tone. What I also notice is that my kids start responding the same way. It almost like they think it gives them permission to talk to me the same way I'm talking to them. It's that energy. They feel that energy from me and it like transfers to them. I want to encourage you that you have the ability to change things. If you look at your life and you see that, okay, this has not been working, I probably need to change something because I notice that when I'm angry, I say and do things I do not mean. Okay, what is the practical thing that I need to do differently? When I'm angry, I'm going to have to take a break and walk away and communicate that with my family members. Is it your spouse or is it your kids? I actually tell my kids, I'm really angry right now because this and this happened and I don't want to hurt you or say hurtful things. I need to take some space from you. If it's, you know, a space that I need to stay in, let's say in the kitchen because I'm in the middle of cooking, I ask them to leave. If I can leave, then I do and go take some space for myself. That is the biggest thing I want you to take away from today, that when we are emotionally flooded and emotionally charged, our thinking brain shuts off and we end up saying hurtful and mean and rude and disrespectful, destructive things. What we can do instead is communicate with our family that we need to take a break to think about what we're feeling and to figure out our emotions and come back and talk about this situation or subject later in the day or another time, another day, just give the time frame for it so then they know it's still going to be addressed and not just ignored. And sometimes for me, I just need to take a break and do some breathing and I'm fine. Sometimes I need to journal about it and figure out what my feelings are. When the kids go to bed, I will journal if it's something that was really intense. Sometimes I just need some rest and I need to take a bath. Sometimes I need to listen to music. I don't really need to get my frustration and anger out in a physical way unless it's something super huge. Like when I had a miscarriage, I hit my anger stage and grieving. And I have mentioned this before. I... In my that episode that talks about my misket, um, I went into the garage and I was breaking a bunch of glass containers because that physical release was really helpful for me. But typically, I don't need a physical release to get my anger out. I need it in other ways. But some people do. And there are helpful, healthy ways to release your anger out. You can listen to the previous episode that talks about handling anger in a healthy way. And it gives you ideas, ways that you can get your anger out that is not destructive to anyone else around you or to you. What about if you're feeling bitter and resentful and you have these negative feelings and it's been a day or two 
and they're still there and you feel like they're growing. I think it's really, really helpful for us to have a mentor in our lives who we can talk to and we. this is a safe person that we can share our struggle with and ask them to pray over us. And it depends how you talk to them. If for example, your spouse did something that brought out those feelings. If you just say, well, he's this and this and this and this, he's doing that and that and that, and I'm just so pissed off and I just hate him. He's such a horrible human being and you say all these negative things about him. That is not really venting. That is gossiping and that is not really helpful for you in the long run. But if you talk about, look, okay, this happened and these are the feelings I'm experiencing. I don't want to stay in these feelings. I know they're not beneficial. Can you pray over me that God would open my heart to see things from a different perspective if that's what needs to happen for these feelings to be let go and released to God? Because I don't want to stay in this. If it's unforgiveness or whatever, it might be like we have a choice to hold on to those feelings or to let go of them. And what helps for me is praying, talking to someone about this, maybe sometimes even another person, usually a mentor. I have a really good mentor in my life that is a safe person that I can talk to and journaling about it. You know, praying, talking to somebody, and journaling about it. Those are my three things that I do to help me process those negative emotions. And that usually helps me to like let go of that negativity of what it might be and move forward and past it. What about if you already said something or did something that was sinful and now it needs to be addressed? What do you do then? I will talk about reconciliation or how to repair a relationship in another episode, but quickly, you first need to take some space for your brain to see what you did was wrong because we're in, in the moment, oftentimes we cannot see other people's perspective and how we were wrong. We can only see our side of the story. So we need to cool off in order to see that we did something that was hurtful Number two is you need to own up to it and apologize for it. And you need to also make a plan what you will do better differently next time. And of course, as a, if you're a believer, as a believer, you do need to ask Jesus to be part of this and to help you through this, through these challenging emotions and feelings. We do need his help. And there's the science part of our brain, and then there's the spiritual part that we also do need Christ to help us be more patient, be more calm, and be the mom that he calls us to be. So what I want you to get out of this episode today, that when you are feeling frustrated and you're feeling angry, the best thing you can do is take some space for yourself. Communicate that with your family and say, I don't want to say anything hurtful right now. I don't want to physically hurt you. I need to take some space and model that to your family. And it's okay that you take some space. Just have a time frame where you're going to come back and address the issue, whatever it might be, so it's not ignored and not shoved under the rug because that is what will breed and cause lots of other 
negative emotions and feelings down the road. All right, ladies, this is it for today. I hope you found this helpful. I know that for me, shifting it into this perspective and changing that in our marriage and my relationship with my kids has been helpful overall for our relationship so we don't actually say things we don't mean in the moment. Sure, it still happens, but most of the time, We can catch it before that, my husband and I, and we can model to our kids what taking a break looks like and walking away. And if your spouse doesn't do it, you can start with it. No, you can't control them, but you start with yourself. You can control yourself. If you found this helpful, please share it with another mom that you think might find this helpful as well and that can you know, improve her relationship with her children or with her spouse. I am so passionate about this message about emotional wellness, and I feel like many, many more moms need to learn about it. And you ladies have a wonderful day. If you're a mom that struggles with handling her challenging emotions in a healthy way, listen up. I got a tool for you. If you go in the show notes of this podcast, you will see a link where you can sign up for a five-day free mini course. And in that mini course, you get to learn actual practical things that you can do in the moment and outside of the moment to be more patient and calm so you're not as overwhelmed, so you're not as stressed, and actual ways to learn to de-stress yourself and calm your nervous system down. How often do we hear that we shouldn't react, we should respond? And the problem is, well, how? In the moment, I don't know how because I'm so overwhelmed and so triggered. In this mini course, you get to learn the how. I am so excited that I have these skills that I can share with you. So go in the show notes, click on the link, enter your email, and then you can start the five-day free mini course.